0: Hey, my friends! If you're looking for a faster, a better way to grow and scale your landscape business, you likely don't need to join just another free Facebook group or watch another YouTube video. What you need is a proven, cohesive growth strategy for your business, along with the one-on-one coaching or group coaching and accountability to support you every step of the way. And that's exactly what the Million Dollar Academy delivers to you. The Million Dollar Academy is coaching tools, accountability, and done-free resources for landscapers who want to take the guesswork out of scaling and growing towards a profitable multiple six, even seven-figure plus business without all the stress and all the hours of agonizing. How do I get everything done? Or am I doing this right? Or what do I need to focus on next? The Millionaire Academy is about thinking differently and thinking bigger about how to be a successful business owner. It's about more than just being good at landscaping. It's about how to create more profit and how to scale all while relieving some of the pressure on yourself. We do have group and one-on-one coaching spots available. So if you want to go learn more, head over to milliondarlandscaper.com forward slash academy and get in there today. Easy easy is easy-to-use, easy-to-learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out Easy Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With Easy you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. EasyBeasy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeasy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeasy. Try EasyBeasy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. EasyBeezy is a simple work order and time clock app for mo crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeezy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit cyclecpa.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Lens Gear Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have on a very special guest. His name is Sam Risnick. He is a young man that he actually reached out to me. It was a very inspirational story. And I wanted to have him on here to help inspire those out there that are listening to us and show that you can do some amazing things in your business, no matter what your age is. So Sam, thank you for being on the show. Thanks yeah, for being thanks here. For having me. So Sam... If you don't mind, share a little bit about yourself, you know, where you came from, what you did and and a little bit about your your landscaping business. Awesome.
1: Yeah, so I'm from South Jersey on Camden County. I just turned 21 recently. I started my business when I was 17, my senior year, right when, you know, COVID was, you know, it was in the thick of it. I ran it for that summer. And the, the next two summers after that, while I was at school where I attended Binghamton University, I just recently graduated from there. I, uh, In terms of the business, you know, like I said, I ran it mostly through the summers, but I would do kind of projects during the year. And throughout that whole journey, I really had a bunch of very unique and specific uh, obstacles that really uh, broadened my horizons in terms of problem solving and just kind of learning about an industry. And, specific and unique as a business
0: owner. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And I I, I applaud you for uh, starting a business actually in high school. That's a, that's an amazing. We have a couple of people in the academy that are doing it. And it, it makes me smile. It makes me so happy that you guys have grabbed that entrepreneur bug and, and and started doing something for yourself and for your
1: livelihood. Yeah, I mean, entrepreneur, entrepreneurism is uh, so great, honestly. It gives you so much freedom to do your schedule, but also... Uh, You're working very hard and it's very gratifying to kind of self-actualize and work on yourself and your business. Mm
0: -hmm. So so a second ago, you mentioned, uh, you know, you ran into a few obstacles along your journey. You mind sharing what some of those obstacles were and what you did to overcome Yeah, no
1: worries. So- You know, as any business owner knows, throughout different points in their entrepreneurial journeys, there will be different obstacles and, you know, they kind of keep evolving. So I guess what I'll, you know, start off with is in the beginning. Some of the main obstacles is when you're starting out is kind of not knowing how to price jobs. And that was always a big one for me that I had to deal with, especially as a 17 year old knocking on people's doors and, you know, scheduling these meetings. Um, Pricing was always a huge thing for me. And, you know, when you don't have pricing, it ends up kind of affecting your margins and you don't know what to spend money on, what's a good pace to do labor. And that was always a big issue for me, you know, maybe the number one issue that I had to deal with in that first summer. But, you know, as you kind of continue to do things, you get a better grasp for what, you know, what people want. You start to charge by the yard instead of by the house and uh, in terms of mulching, of course. And, you know, you kind of get better at it. But I will say something that was always a big issue for me, and I know a lot of people are having issues with it today. Anyone that I talk to in uh, any physical labor industry is finding employees. That was always very difficult. But, you know, there were different things that we would do in order to make it great for our employees, and we would kind of deal with that. And uh let me think if I can think. You know, and the other one I'd say besides from those two, those are really the big ones, but specific to me, I would think the biggest obstacle if anything really is when you're so young and you're going to all of these houses and people decide to use you or they decide to use somebody who's been in the industry for 20 30 years. You know, you have homeowners who care a lot about their property and they want to make their house beautiful. And you know, selling on them and marketing yourself to them, both from the front end to the back end, is and has always been one of the greatest challenges in any entrepreneurial uh, project that I take on. But you know, there are ways to make yourself stand out. And you know, me and my company, we definitely executed on all of those all of those pathways.
0: Sure. so as far as like going back to the obstacle of pricing, like you said, most most of us start off you know just kind of guessing I guess most more likely or reaching out to others and just kind of pricing off based what other people are charging. What was the key point that made you shift some of the way you're charging? I know you said instead of going by the house by the yard, what what was something that kind of brought up that the key moment like I, I need to change my pricing? It was a lack of money, cash flow.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't even say that. I would say 95% of our jobs were always profitable. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you're starting off so young, both as a business and as people who have never worked in the industry, you kind of just like it was guess and check in the beginning, more or less. So, I remember my first job um I charged $650 for a job that probably could have been twice that, you know, and it took us, you know, it was me and two other guys, just, you know, hounding the way it took us a couple days to complete, which, you know, obviously isn't ideal for a landscaping job, but, you know, we kind of looked back and I kind of looked back and I saw that, you know, after labor costs, including myself, if I can't make a decent profit or if I can't make as much or more than my, you know, the business should be making, you know, a profit in these situations Then something needs to change like this isn't right. Landscaping is a profitable bit for business for somebody. So why can't it just be for me? And, you know, as I kept continuing to do jobs, I would charge more, you know, most times it would get accepted. Sometimes, of course, you know, it doesn't, you can't win them all and you don't want to win them all also. I've never had the attitude of wanting to close 100% of my estimates because if that's the case, then I'm charging too little. Yeah. So, but, you know, as I got more comfortable, I started to charge more. I started to also upsell, which was a big thing. You know, I would buy a pot of flowers and plant it for somebody if they wanted that. Or, you know, I'd throw in an extra bush trimming or I did power washing also. So I'd offer a power wash, their new walkway, which we had just edged up. And, you know, as we got more comfortable and as we introduced also new services into our our gallery, um, I was able to uh, better suit the needs of my business and for my employees also. Mm
0: -hmm. One thing, I guess, going to the employees issue or concern and something you and I talked about before was some unique ways that you were able to bring on some new employees and how you actually Promoted the employees and and some of the the levels you you put your employees at. Would you mind sharing the, that a little bit yeah, with of us? Of
1: course, uh, this aspect of my business was probably the one that made me most proud. You know, doing landscaping, it's not the most like glorified position, but what I what I really wanted to do was help empower those around me, and so in the, this was really also a main strategy of my business. What I would do in the beginning was hire many different people. I would hire, say, my first summer I had up to 20 different employees working for me throughout the whole summer. And it wasn't 20 people at each job, of course, but I would have them choose the days where they would want to work and then they would have the rest of their week free. So they can come on, they could not work for a week or two, come on for like a day or two, make a couple hundred bucks and then be out of there. And they had the freedom and the decision-making for themselves to do that whenever they wanted and you know, allowed them to control their own schedule just as I was controlling it for myself. They also had the chance to do that. And then it it became, uh, it became fun for them also, you know, I would hire people mostly my age and you know, I would hire the people I hired friends. And so they could all get on the job, they could talk, they could have fun as long as they were weeding, and you know, doing work. But, you know, it was, it was a good vibe at most of it. you know, at, at all the jobs really and uh, people had a lot of fun. But, you know, when you, you can't really solely rely on part-time jobs, you know, that was definitely a solid section of the workforce. But, you know, I think also keeping full-time employees, um, this was a big thing for younger guys my age, but, and this is also like 18, 19 year olds. So guys who are 17 year olds, either guys who are either just finished high school between high school or also in college, but young guys who didn't really do a lot of physical labor. And I imagine it's the same case with older individuals who are getting into landscaping or again, really any physical labor type job, you know, people would be tired. People would be very tired every day. Like it's tough. You're out in the sun in June, July, and then August. The dog days in August as we're doing, you know, work in the sun, sometimes with no shade, you know, a water supply might run out, even though, you know, we do our best. But, you know, there's so many things that can happen that, you know, hurt the pace of employees, hurt their morale, and, you know, hurt the overall margins of the job. And, you know, keeping employees happy was always a big priority. So how we deal with that is whether it would we would do uh, coolers of Gatorade with ice, we would do uh, I'd buy people ice cream, or we'd all go out for lunch together. Or sometimes we had a quiet, quiet speaker with the client's permission, of course. And we would kind of make sure to give an environment that gave the control back to us as as young individuals who were working hard. And, you know, Again, all done with the utmost respect to whoever's house we were working on. You know, the customer always came first. It was their home. So we made sure to, um, you know, uh, accommodate anything we can to them. But, you know, if my guys wanted to listen to music, then, you know, let's listen to music. Or if they wanted to, you know, talk at jobs or if they wanted to take a extra half an hour lunch break to go see something that we'd all been talking about, you know. Uh, I always wanted to have flexibility for them and also flexibility for me as somebody who hadn't seen all my friends so much. So that was really a big thing. And, you know, people will still leave, but for the most part, damage control was pretty good. And uh, yeah, and that was really something big. And then the last thing that was really important to me was making sure that this was not only a job that made them money and that they had fun at, but also something that boosted their careers. So a lot of these guys were not looking for a career in landscaping. They were going to school for engineering or computer science or uh, medical school or law school. And, you know, doing a landscaping job doesn't really, doesn't really promote promote that in their colleges. But what if these guys start to gain extra responsibilities and they start to be field managers or they're interested in making a few more bucks. So I'd let them run their own marketing campaigns online. Or, you know, again, like they'd like to, if I had multiple jobs at a time, I can drop a crew off somewhere. And these guys can, you know, help teach the younger guys who came on. And they would be, instead of just employees, they would be project managers and field managers. And, you know, as the business got older and as the business matured, I hired a lot of partners. So I had one partner that next summer and then the third summer I did it, I had three pe- three other people on my you know executive board, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And you know, it worked. It worked. I would get calls from employers and they would say, what did you think about, you know, Ben? Or what did you think about Jake? And, you know, of course I'd give glowing reviews and to be able to both give them a fun environment to work and also help their careers is something that is incredibly you know it's really amazing and it's very awesome to do with something like landscaping so i really i really love that
0: yeah i loved how you uh promoted people to you know project managers and stuff i think that's an amazing thing and a great great thing to share (laughs) like especially you said with the people that you're hiring so that i admire you for that i guess while you're in school and and in college and, and in high school how did you manage all these jobs and the people? How, how did you handle all the delegation and everything that went on?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, it was really about finding good and responsible people because you can't do anything yourself or you can never grow. In the, so the, in the spring and the winter, after my first summer and after my second summer, uh, I would run small jobs during the years so these most we do cleanups in the spring and summer and then in the fall we would do leaf cleanups and then in the winter we would do snowboarding jobs so for leaf cleanups uh, it wasn't really too bad honestly a client would reach out to me they'd say hey are you doing leaf cleanups right now and I would never turn down a job just because I knew there was somebody out there that wanted to make money and wanted to get some hours in when they could and put some extra money in their pocket to spend on whatever. So I'd find somebody that I worked with the summer before who was still in high school at the time or living at home uh, for that year. I would say to them, Hey, this guy wants a job done. I can get you a leaf blower. And all you have to do is just go and blow the leaves onto this, onto the walkway. You know, it really wasn't anything too crazy. I never had people doing full weeding and mulching and bush trimming cleanup jobs. That was really, you know, it was simple for them, and it was also simple for me. And it was easy for the client. The client never really had to deal with anyone. Uh, they would pay me on the back end electronically, and I was able to I was able to help them out, and that was always great. I will say, when the snow blowing season came around, that was always difficult because when you had the snow blowing season, you have you know unique obstacles. As anyone who works in the winter knows, uh, in our colder states. A you have to make a uh, optimized delivery, like optimized route for your employees, and B you have to change prices and adapt to how the weather is happening. So there would be days where I would have, you know, people ready to to snowblow and to get ready and get their car and grab a snowblower and go on a route, but then it wouldn't really snow that badly. And so they'd have two jobs in the morning that weren't really that bad and I'd have people cancel on me and then I'd have other people who wanted and doing that when you're not there is very difficult. And you know, that was always something that just was a unique, not unique to me, but just unique with, uh, um, snow. That we really worked on. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say the last thing that, you know, not really necessarily a school, but being away is when you're not there with your employees or you don't have somebody there who's really calling the shots, it affects morale and productivity. So something that was always important to me was to demonstrate how I was working for them. So what I would always do is, you know, I'd ask somebody to do a job. And then after I'd call them, I'd ask them how it was. And I'd say, listen, if you ever want more work, let me know. And I'll get you more work. I can get some money in your pocket. Uh, it can be completely around your schedule, whatever you want. And sometimes they say, no, I'm all right. Sometimes they say, yes, please. And if that was the case, then I'd reach out to people, offer if they need any services. Sometimes they would, and you know, I'd get them their jobs. And so you know, that was a big thing, but, you know, navigating it in school during school was never really too, too much of a time commitment.
0: Did you use any kind of like software or was it just like pen and paper that you use to, uh, schedule and so this? for the
1: route, like for the, to optimize the routes, we throughout the whole business, the kind of the theme was spend as little money as possible because we were only running it two months out of the year. So we never really spent money on like an optimized root software. So we would go on like Google Maps, like pinpoint all of them on the maps and then like draw it out, you know, which isn't stone age, but it's definitely not, you know, the best use of our time. But in terms of, in terms of route, we didn't really use the software for that, but I will say we did use software in other parts of our business. So you know, we did a lot of our advertising on Facebook, so we would work with Facebook inbound leads. I had a website, so I would put in like a calendar system. Uh, making estimates, that first someone we would make physical estimates on a piece of paper, but eventually, you know, we moved to a software that was free, of course. And I, you know, I had a Google Voice for a phone number to connect to my phone or to connect to another person's phone when I brought somebody up into the executive. The again, quote unquote, executive uh, board. So we use different things like that in order to kind of handle clients and you know best serve them.
0: I love that <clears throat> that you were very, very frugal and, and 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 very cautious on spending your money, which I think is is very smart, very wise on yeah, your side. I'll,
1: I'll say that first summer, like when we first started, I spent one hundred and ten dollars on a bush trimmer or something like that, I bought a couple pairs of gloves. And I bought those 30 gallon brown disposable bags from, um, you know, from Home Depot or wherever. And that was all of our startup costs, you know, because you didn't really need anything else other than that. You know, I mean, you do, but, you know, I had, I had, you know, a blow dryer with like a cord in my garage. And I had uh, a really old wheelbarrow that could fit maybe like a bag and a half of mulch. So, you know, we really did not want to spend money at all uh, throughout the entire throughout the entire journey, except, you know, when we needed to. And, you know, we still, don't get me wrong, we still definitely made mistakes and spent things on items that we should not have. And, you know, there are many sure, examples of those. Sure. So I guess...
0: I'm assuming, you know, keeping things low cost is one of the strategies used to, to really grow your business. Was there anything else that you used to help grow it?
1: You know, I think when you're growing a business, the only way to grow a business is with, with more clients and more revenue, basically. So, and then everything else is kind of built then to support the growing of the business. Anyone who's a good businessman will probably know that you should build it before it grows instead of building it after it grows, you know, so you can kind of deal with everything and not have people on like a two-week waiting time. But, you know, I in terms of, you know, growing business and growing our client base, it was really just a pump up in marketing. So we would market that first summer on, in Facebook groups, which I would highly recommend. Uh, nobody was in that space when I was there. So we were the first ones to get there. People would go on Facebook to learn what's happening in their neighborhood during COVID. They'd see us, you know, we were hardworking young guys trying to make some money for college, trying to give people a cheap, affordable, quality service. And, you know, people would hire us. But, you know, as as we kind of matured, we'd explore different avenues. So I'd be on next door i'd be doing flyers which i'd also recommend flyers are fantastic one of the best i think one of the best marketing systems for for landscaping because it really does not get more direct to customer than that uh you know you see a house that's not done you put a flyer there like that's great i love that one but yeah so we do next door facebook groups uh facebook ads flyers uh Thumbtack, if you know Thumbtack, uh, and you know we didn't we do like referral, referral discounts also. So we do a ton of stuff that that you know helped us grow and helped us, you know, maintain a level of excellence both on paper and you know in the field. Did you have a website? Yeah, too? yeah, that's another one. Yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. We had a website. Yeah. Okay. We built a website that second summer, uh, and we built a whole inbound lead system for that. About our services, what we can do, why we're better or different. Uh, yeah, no, that was a big one. Forgot about that, but okay. definitely. And yeah. the first and the first website I'll also mention was a free website on Wix. So it had okay. it had like the <laughs> whole like Wix HTTP like you know all of that you know, um, but the second. Second uh, the second time we built it, I uh, sprung for the customized domain. You know. Mm. And
0: and you said the the flyers are probably your biggest attraction and getting more clients. I would
1: say that the Facebook groups were probably our biggest attraction. We got most of our okay. clients from there. However, okay. you know, and Facebook ads do cost nothing, but I would also say with flyers, first of all, sometimes you don't live in the areas where you're where you're working. And, you know, Facebook groups sometimes won't let you in if you're going to advertise something, uh, which is understandable. And we were always respectful of those rules. We never wanted to cross any sort of boundaries ever. But with flyers, you know, you can buy a hundred flyers for, you know, 40 bucks, put, you know, put all a hundred of those flyers in. And, you know, when we did flyers, our first day, Somebody said like the fourth flyer he put out out of 50, we got a call back and that person ended up over time spending over three grand on us, you know, and you know, it's little stories like that. that kind of just churn your, uh, your return on ad spend and kind of demonstrate, you know, where the important, where the importance comes from that.
0: That's awesome. So along your journey, did you have, you know were your parents very supportive of this were they encouraging you to you know to do this uh yeah who was your biggest supporter i guess
1: my parents were absolutely amazing i would say more you know so unbelievably supportive i couldn't have done it without them i had a old van and two other, and you know i have four siblings two other siblings who could drive at the time and you know i was. I was taking the one of the only cars that people could drive around every single day to jobs. And so my parents were extremely supportive with, you know, letting me have access to that and then also my siblings were incredibly supportive and, you know, there would be so many times where I wouldn't be cleaning up around the house when I probably should have or helping set up for dinner when I probably should have because I was out I was out doing estimates, I was out at Lowe's, I was out at Home Depot, you know, buying materials. And then, you know, on top of, you know, the use of a very old van, which, you know, lugged around all of our equipment. My parents let us store everything in the garage. So I took over my garage. Uh, I cleaned it out and then filled it back up again, multiple times, uh, with equipment. And, you know, I'd also, you know, I'd have cars parked outside my house every single day when my employees would come and like, they would, you know, they'd park in the driveway and then on the side of the roads, my neighbors would get so upset. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and then we'd have like lunch at, at my place. And, you know, and that was even just when I was home. When I was gone, I would still have people coming, grabbing equipment, bringing it back, leaving. That third summer, I wasn't even home for two months of our operating, operating time. And we were still operating out of my garage. And so, you know, my parents were incredibly supportive. And then I'd also say, my younger brother, My younger brother Jake also joined us on our executive team in that third summer. And, you know, he was just amazing. He was somebody that I can trust to, you know, do it. He had no interest in it at all, but, you know, he still stepped up to help me out. He'd come for jobs if we ever needed somebody, although he was very against it, but would always, you know, always be there and always help out. And, you know, I really could not have done it without the support of my family.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So just kind of curious, what would be if you would to reach out to any younger people? or have something to say to anybody that's looking to get started in the landscaping business. What do you think would be your top three pieces
1: of advice? You know, there's a lot that somebody can say about, about, you know, running a business, any business, because you're always going to find problems. But I would say, if I a, you know, if somebody was starting a landscaping business today, I would definitely recommend them to find good people. Find good people to help them run their business. Find a partner who can help you manage the field, you know, and, and bring in employees and keep them. Because the only way it'll grow is with good employees and good partners to help you do things when you can't. You know, many times I'd have to leave a job and I'd have to go give estimates at another house across town because I'd have like some meeting to like meet with them, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if it wasn't for the trust that I had and the people that worked with me, then I would never have been able to grow and 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 continuously get business for them. So finding good people would be definitely the first piece of advice. I was reading a book from Michael Dell, it was called Play Nice But Win, a great book and you know he says if you're if you hire somebody if you don't hire somebody that knows something that you don't know then what's the point of hiring them and you know in landscaping i think you know you do that when you can but you know when you have somebody that knows something that you don't know especially about an industry that you're like just going into you know that is huge that is so huge other than that i would say you definitely want to keep a level head throughout the entirety of your business. And what I mean by that is you really got to control your emotions. People will people whether it's clients, whether it's employees, whether it's your equipment, you know, which isn't really person but, you know, you will try and get bullied around for sure. People will try and push you around. You know, we'll try and claim that you should have done something when you never should have done it, that, you know, they should, that an employee should be able to, you know, do this when, you know, it's not in the best interest of anyone, including them, you know, or equipment that breaks, but you can really never, ever, ever get angry. That does not solve anything. It almost always makes situations 100% worse. And, you know, it will, it will hurt, it will hurt you somehow, even if you win, even if you get your way, it makes you look unprofessional when you need to have the utmost professionalism as a young person and the utmost customer service. That's another really big thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you, if you get angry or you get mad or you get sad, yelling at somebody is going to make it a hundred times worse and it's going to make your life a hundred times worse. And, you know, that's really, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, like I've also, I've also had issues where I haven't been able to keep my cool and it has been detrimental to the job or the relationship or, you know, really anything. And so, you know, keeping your emotion in check would be definitely a second great and very valuable piece of advice, advice. And then a third piece of advice I would say is to take care of your employees. Again, I mean, find your employees is also, but you really need to take care of your employees. You know, they are the business. Um, they're the ones who, you know, like you, yes, but they go out there every day with really no skin in the game and they work in the hot sun. And, you know, I had my guys wear like uniforms. I'd, I'd encourage, strongly encourage them to wear like jeans and, you know, we had a shirt, but you know, it's hard. It's hard and these guys go out every day and they bust their back for you and you know they deserve to be treated like kings. You know, I would go back after a job and I'd be so tired from the day and I'd go into the shower and I would see all of the dirt come off from my body onto the onto the white floor and I would be like, "Oh my god, like this is crazy." And you know, that's when I was taking You know, profit thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, but for somebody to do that every day and work very hard and work on an hourly salary, and you know, give you their everything again in the very hot sun. Sometimes we would run out of water. Sometimes we would have to go past five because a job wasn't finished. Sometimes, you know, I'd want to get a job done early, and they'd want to, they'd want some extra hours, and they'd work the entire day. You know, it's it's hard, and you got to make sure to take care of your employees, give them days off when they want to get day off. And just make sure that they enjoy working for you because you know yes they're working for you but also you're working for them um and so that's really important
0: I, I think that's some some great advice there and anybody out there whether you're just getting going or or been in business a while these are some great tips and great advice i i can contest to the Keeping your cool, especially with the customers. I've had, I'm sure you've had this too, Sam, where you've had customers literally like yelling at you. So if you can step back and step back and just act professional, be cool with them, it changes the whole demeanor. After a while, at least in my experience, they seem to have calmed down after you like listen to them, hear them out. And like, I I can remember this one older lady, she came out there screaming, we are doing just a basic grading and sod job. This lady came out. She's willing a cart of oxygen, you know, on oxygen mask. She's yelling at me. And I don't remember exactly. I mean, this has been a long time ago. She was yelling at me for something that we didn't lay the sod right. I'm like, I assure you, ma'am, it's we laid it properly. We stapled it, all that good stuff. And she's like yelling. I'm like, seriously concerned. She's, I mean, she's probably to be 78 right. years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, this lady's going to have a heart attack. You know, she's yelling at me. Like, ma'am, if you truly believe we did not install this correctly, you know what? we have a uh it's called a purdue extension office it's near us that will they deal with all landscaping horticulture things i'm like you know what if you feel we didn't do this incorrectly i'll gladly call this professional up here and have them come and after i said that she just kind of calmed down but i just remained calm like she was like in my face y'all i'm like what is going on here you know but i can i can remember that like it's You have to remain cool employees. Same thing. You have to remain cool. So
1: I, yeah, I, that's even like one story where you did everything right. I would say there have been times where, again, like we were inexperienced. So we have made, you know, many mistakes, whether it was cutting down something that we should not have cut down or, you know, forgetting to do something that we should have forgotten. And I think also the biggest thing is, you know, yes, for sure. Uh, you know, like maintain your cool but also own up to your mistakes. And I, what I found is most times, not even most times, all times, when you make a mistake and you, you make it known that you were working for the client, they will appreciate it and calm down very fast. So the situation is, I did this job for you eight hours. Yes, I made a mistake. And I'm now going to work an extra several hours to rectify that mistake because I want you to be happy. And You know, you don't say this straight up to them, obviously, but like, you know, they see that like you're putting extra hours. I've had to c- go back to many jobs, especially in the earlier days and have to, you know, do a spot that like we missed or, you know, replant something that was there. Because again, we were unexperienced kids, Not, you know, we didn't know anything, but you know, the biggest thing is just making sure they're happy and, you know kind of dealing with them I will say we have had people just like like what you said just yell at us for you know really no reason or you know an unjustified reason we had somebody act very inappropriately also to one of our employees who is a colored and they were saying like very inappropriate things and sometimes you know in that case I you know we we lost our cool tiny bit but you know like you know I think you know for every situation it's definitely just keep your professionalism, stay above the situation, look at things from a third point of view, and you know, just kind of just kind of take it as it comes. We've been threatened to be sued, you know, which did not end up happening. But, you know, just crazy stories. And it's fun. It's fun to kind of look back at it. Once it's all done, <laughs> it's like fun to look back, like laugh on it. Like me and my friends who I worked with, who I still keep in touch to, with to this day. Um, who I met as like people who came on, you know, we still, you know, we laugh about it. You know, people are sometimes going to be, going to be crazy, but you know, it's no worries. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. We'd probably go on for days or yeah. some the stories. What do you, was there anything or anywhere in your point of business that was like a, a major, like you thought it was a failure or some major setback that kind of like took you by surprise? And how did you handle it or or nothing major came along?
1: I would say at least for us, we operated based on, like I said, we only worked two months out of the year more or less. So I was never investing so much in equipment. I was never spending the, you know, I did, but I never spent the, the real time I should to keep all of my customers. So we would occasionally, you know, lose clients, but we never really, first of all, I would always make sure to like, keep it on a good page, but we never really had something that was so, so big that we lost. I will say there was one mistake that I honestly, like this is a tough story. So (laughs) I had my second summer, I had one partner and I had decided to go away and go work at my summer camp for a couple weeks. This was always part of the plan. You know, I, I wanted to step away, you know, kind of revisit that, you know. You know, it was always in the plan for him to take over, which was a big piece of my strategy. Like I said, it was bring people up, promoting them. So he took over and we mishandled a house of probably our highest paying customer of all time. We had people close to it, but never at that number that he was paying us. And, you know, some things were cut down that should not have been cut down. And, you know, we did what we could to rectify it. And I was on the phone with him for hours while I was away um, because he knew me. And he knew the other guy, but not as, you know, not as well, you know. But it was just... It was heartbreaking, you know, we lost the customer and also this was also a guy that was very kind. He was older and that was just a mistake. It wasn't so detrimental to the business, but I mean, in the fact that we lost the customer was, but it was just it was just upsetting to make a mistake and, you know, make somebody unhappy. That was always just so upset and that was something that, you know, really stuck stuck with me. I sent him a mug that year. Like I sent him like a branded mug. I would just be like, I know you're, I know you're mad at us, but you know, take this mug, have some coffee or throw it out and have fun with it. You know, but (laughs) you know, we hope to, we hope to hopefully work together again. You know, I tried, but uh, you know, just didn't end up working and I don't blame him, you know, mistakes will happen and you know, but it sucks when it does happen. It sucks.
0: Oh Yeah. I, th- I think that's I, th- I love that story that you shared just sending a mug to him that's that's awesome even after yeah. things are said and done yeah, i love we, what you did there sent,
1: yeah <laughs> uh between our second and third summer we sent we sent branded uh mugs to everyone that uh or not everyone but like our top like 20 clients um we were just like thanks so much for working with us we're thinking of you we'll be back this summer um and uh we signed on i think everyone but him so you know nice. uh it's just little things like that, uh, go sure. away. way.
0: That's awesome. So, so you're, you're no longer in the business right now. You, you sold that off. Is that correct? Yeah, I
1: did sell it. Uh, yeah. the contract closed in January and it just executed okay. last month, just finished executing last month.
0: Okay. Uh, how did that go? Was everything smooth with the, the transition and,
1: and so uh, I would definitely not. Desc- or can you say, yeah, it, I I would de- <laughs> no, no, yeah, I would definitely not describe it as smooth. I don't think any merger, acquisition, sale is ever smooth. But, you know, as far as things, you know, do go, like it ended up being fine. I did a, after my second, after my third summer where I was away because I did a fellowship abroad and I had other people running the business for a couple months, um, which is also just great, great stories. But I, I decided to find somebody to buy the client list from me. Um, I found a guy who was great. He was starting his business. I sold the list for very cheap. I sold that list and any clients that come to me because I sold my posts up on Facebook, any clients that come to me asking for work until the end of time. So I sold him the rights to all of that, the brand name, everything. And you know, it ended up going fine. I did that and then I uh, also cooked in a consulting deal. And, a, and I made a website for him. So we so we kind of did like that whole deal in one. Uh, I made the contract using ChatGPT, um, which had like just come out a, a couple months ago, uh, a couple months before. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I had my dad who was a lawyer look over it for five minutes. He made like two edits. You know, very lucky to have, again, such a great support system for my parents. But... You know, and there were problems, a couple of re, a bunch of rewrites, but I ended up executing and, you know, I'm just happy to help somebody else with their journey and, you know, have a clean break as well.
0: Nice. Any regrets about selling it or
1: no? It's definitely sad to not run it anymore. I miss it. I miss it a lot, but at the same time, it was after that third summer that I was away. Um, I was away for two months now, and the people that were running it were were not me. You know, they did a great job. They did their best. It was still profitable, still very profitable. But, you know, the margins were down. We did have an increase in revenue, but, you know, the margins were down, and also our brand image was very hurt. So, like I said, like somebody threatened to sue us. Like that was that third summer when I was not there. And I was like dealing with it on a seven hour time difference. But you know, the brand image hurt a little bit and I was graduating school. So I just graduated recently and I kind of figured, let me start my career. Let me kind of move on from this and, you know, kind of progress forward. You know, it was the right time. It was the right time, but I'm still, I miss it. I'm still helping people. I still listen to landscaping podcasts randomly. Something that I loved doing <laughs> when I was working and in the industry, um, you know, and I love talking about it with other people who are, you know, in the game too. Uh, but it was it was the right decision. It was the right decision to step away for sure.
0: Nice. So, what are you up to today? What are you? What's going on in your life right now?
1: So, uh, I'm getting my master's in business uh, starting awesome. in October, right. which is very exciting. I got, you know, I got. I'm in this school that I definitely should not be in but you know somehow you know <laughs> very lucky to be going and then until then i'm starting a a uh, online solar energy marketplace and we hope okay. to kind of bridge the bridge people who don't really know a lot about solar and clean energy and put it in the hands of people who you know want to learn more so we are having a uh, customized AI-based quiz to help product match you with the best system for whatever needs you have. Or, and we have you know a plethora of you know articles and a uh, education course that should be launching soon. Um, and we just have great systems from great brands showcased on the site that are you know very exciting. It's in its very early stages, but you know it's very promising. I have good people behind me helping me. And, uh, you know, we hope to, you know, have a mature product hopefully within the next couple months. But, you know, it'll always be growing and we'll always be fixing it. Uh, It's very exciting. And I'd also say uh, to any landscapers listening out there, if you uh, need a solar, a small solar generator, if you ever need to charge equipment while you're in the field, I could have used one instead of asking uh, people to use their plugs. (laughs) But if you ever need something like that, I would definitely uh, check it out. We have small solar generators for you. The website is called uh, www.makeabetterearth.com. So, you know, we're on a mission to uh, help reduce carbon emissions and help educate others.
0: That's awesome. I literally just had somebody reach out to me, I think about a week to two weeks ago, asking me, about solar and, and how to charge stuff in their, and their equipment during yeah. the day. So, no, I mean, it's, it's go. awesome. And,
1: <laughs> you know, a lot of the times, like we would be at a job for eight hours and we, we would have equipment die cause we had to use, we mostly use electric and in the end use gas, which I regret, but, um, just because it was expensive and bad for the environment. But, but, you know, having, having a couple plugs there to charge or when we had wired leaf blowers or when we you know, so many different things. If guys needed to charge their phones cause they need to get in touch with somebody then, you know, but having electricity, having portable electricity for, you know, a couple hundred dollars, I would say is worth the investment for sure.
0: Awesome. Can we get that website one more yeah, time? sure.
1: It's a uh, www.makeabetterearth.com. It's still in its early stages. I'll make sure I put that. Yeah, no, it's still, it's still in its early stages, but it is functional. You can uh, get some products now, but, we're definitely going to be releasing a lot more blogs and uh, educational tools very soon. And our quiz is being built right now and it's being trained. Um, So it's all very exciting. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. So Sam, before we wrap things up, do you have any, uh, you know, any last words or any wisdom or anything that you'd like to share with any listeners?
1: I would just say that, you know, I think landscaping is an amazing industry to be in. I gained a really newfound respect for it. I think that people who run landscaping businesses are like underappreciated. I think it's a lot harder than, you know, people think. It's also, you know, at the same time, it's also very simple to go into. And so if there's anyone who is thinking about going in, I would heavily recommend it. You really don't need a lot of upfront costs to get in and you can be profitable very fast and the business grows with you. You know if you have a good team and you have good marketing strategy it is very easy to take business from established brands i was a 17 year old kid who literally knew nothing and you know people would hire me for some reason i just think you need to hustle you need to dedicate yourself to your customers and your employees and you know there is room in this industry for disruption for sure for sure for sure Yeah. yeah
0: I love it. Some great, great words there and appreciate you. And I appreciate you sharing your story with us today, Sam. It's been awesome and it's very inspiring. And I'm hoping those out there are listening and, <clears throat> excuse me, will will take some of the advice and, and, and look what you can actually accomplish. And I, one thing I'm very amazed to see what you did was actually delegate some of that work off and that you didn't rely on you being out there because I know many business owners that get stuck like they have to be out there all the time to run everything. So I think that's an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, I
1: think in the beginning, it's definitely good to be out there and like demonstrate to people, you know, what they should be doing and how they should be, you know, acting in the field. But, you know, if you want to grow seriously, you need to get yourself in front of customers' faces and not, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to have people who can do what you do and, you know, continue to grow. I didn't let anyone touch the bush trimmer my whole entire first summer which was a great mistake because <laughs> I was always doing, you know, bush trimming. But yeah. I think it's definitely, uh, you know, definitely important to grow is to have people do work and that's with any company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So Sam, if, uh, anybody wants to reach out has any questions, do you have a email or anything you
1: like to uh, share? I would say definitely probably the best place to reach me at is my Twitter. I just got verified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I post a lot about like different businesses and stocks that I like and just like life. And I, you know, I love meeting new people, love talking to new people. So, you know, I'd love to, love to chat with anyone. Uh, the Twitter is, uh, real Sam Rez. So it's a real Sam and then Rez R E S. And, uh, okay. it's definitely fun. Love to talk to anyone. You know, I've, like I said with, the, uh, with the guy, I cooked up a consulting deal into his business there have been a bunch of different landscapers I've talked to that I've just kind of given my insight to people. Something that I used to do when I was when I was in the business more, I said I listen to podcasts, but I'd also you know watch YouTube videos, read articles, and you know you can go one hour and not really learn anything new about your business, but then at, at like sixty first minute, you'll find something that can drastically change your strategy and change your your streams of income. So I didn't even think about doing flyers, for example, until I saw it in some random twenty-minute YouTube video. He said flyers were fantastic, and they were one of the best ways to get it out there. It seemed obvious. It seems obvious now, kind of looking back on it. But you know, in the moment, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to anyone for as long as I want about anything. So for sure, I'd love to meet you, um.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Sam. I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time today to kind of chat with us and and share your story. It's an amazing story, and uh, we wish you all the luck and everything that you do. Congrats on getting into uh, school and and everything you do. So, thank you. Yeah, no, for sure. I've been a
1: huge fan of this podcast since I was uh, working in landscaping. So, you know, it's definitely, uh, definitely uh, living the dream right now. So, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Well, everyone, get some inspiration. Take some notes from what Sam said here and then and, and get out there, make some noise and make some change in your business. All right, Sam, thank you again. We'll be talking to you soon. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Millionaire Landscaper podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to the success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple, and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.